Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded August 9th, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we update our longer-term thoughts on how to be positioned within the U.S. equity market through 2022. That's really where our conversations with investors have been focused over the past few weeks. Three big things you need to know. First, we expect the growth value trade to stay choppy through 2022. Second, we're making a few changes to our sector recommendations, getting more balanced between value and growth. And third, high quality leadership has returned to the U.S. equity market. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major providers. Now let's jump into the details. We'll start with takeaway number one. I think the style trade is going to stay choppy through next year. Once current pressures on value resolve, we do see another outperformance trade in value in the intermediate term, but we think that will probably be the time to get out before growth takes over leadership again. Near term, value is confronting a number of challenges. Earnings revisions look better in growth than value again. ETF flows have also turned stronger in growth again. And growth no longer looks crowded in the futures market if you look at NASDAQ positioning for asset managers as tracked by CFTC. Bond market signals are also creating some confusion about the macro in the eyes of many equity investors. The yield curve has been flattening and value tends to underperform when that happens due to its cyclical bias. Most importantly, since March, the growth value trade has been moving in sync with trends in US COVID cases. When the trend in case counts began to deteriorate, the value trade peaked earlier this year, and as case counts surged, value saw a big bout of underperformance over the summer. But once these clouds clear, and we think that they will, the stage seems set for another burst of value leadership later this year or early next. There are a couple reasons we think that. Value still looks cheap relative to growth. Value also looks much better than growth on buybacks and dividends, the cash deployment story generally. And value also tends to outperform when real GDP growth is tracking above average. That's still expected to be the case in the balance of 2021 and 2022. Next year, the Bloomberg consensus of economic forecasters is tracking at 4.2% for real GDP versus the long-term average of 2.5%. On COVID, while the number of U.S. COVID cases has continued to rise, the good news we're seeing is that the rate of change in new case growth has decelerated, helping the value trade stabilize since mid-July. And while this could change quickly, and we need to keep our ear to the ground here, it's also worth noting that the high-frequency indicators we track, like open table dining, are still holding up reasonably well. All of that argues that the inflection back to value might end up happening sooner than some of the challenging COVID headlines we're reading right now would otherwise suggest. The stock market reaction to Friday's strong jobs report, which saw financials and value move up sharply on the day, was also a good reminder that clear signs of economic strength do retain the power to be a positive catalyst for value. Now, even though we get very excited about the idea of another big outperformance trade in value, We think it's likely that will end up being value's last hurrah because of a couple of things that we see in the 2022 and 2023 outlook. First, real U.S. GDP growth is expected to slip back down to levels that are slightly below average, to 2.3% specifically. 
and historically, it's growth that outperforms value when real GDP is running cool or tracking below average. And second, many equity investors think the Fed will start hiking rates in late 2022. Historically, value usually beats growth going into hikes, but growth starts to lead again once the hikes actually start happening. Let's move on to takeaway number two. How do we want to express this view of choppiness in the style trade in our sector views? All year, we've been heavily leaning into value sectors, but going forward, we want more of a balance between value and growth. We are keeping our overweights on two value sectors, financials and energy. In addition to their cyclical trading behavior, valuations are deeply compelling for both sectors. We also like the buyback angle for financials, and we like the high dividend yield and strong earnings revision profile for energy. But we are pulling off our overweight on a third value sector, materials, which we're lowering to market weight. Mostly this is because we want to dial down our cyclicality. But earnings revisions have also recently turned weaker for materials than both energy and financials. At the same time, we are pulling up technology to overweight for market weight. This is our growth pick, but as a reminder, the tech sector does not include the big internet names. Those are sitting in consumer discretionary and communication services. In addition to tech's countercyclicality, it tends to outperform when the yield curve flattens, when 10-year yields fall, and when inflation expectations decline. We also really like the tech sector's earnings revision profile. It continues to be one of the best sectors for upward earnings revisions. Valuations are admittedly still a problem for the broader tech sector, but when we dig down, we find that's really only driven by software and IT services. In terms of other industries, semi and semi-equipment, communication equipment, and hardware all look reasonable or even cheap on a relative PE right now. Those industries also all have stronger earnings revision trends than most industries in most sectors. I'll wrap up quickly with takeaway number three. High quality is starting to lead again. Rising uncertainty on COVID and the macro has triggered the return of leadership by high quality within the U.S. equity market. We see this on most of the quality factors we track for the Russell 1000 and 2000, metrics like ROE, leverage, market cap, and short interest. And this is all normal. This is what we usually see happen in the second phase of a recovery in the market coming out of a recession. The transition back to high quality is usually pretty bumpy, and history does suggest that low quality will probably have one more brief moment in the sun. But over time, high quality does tend to fare best. I bring this up because it's relevant to our sector changes. We have recently built a new quality scorecard in which we rank the different sectors on the four quantitative quality metrics that we track. Tech was the top quality sector overall for large cap, coming in the top three on all four of the metrics that we looked at. We were also surprised to see that financials scored pretty well, ranking highest among the value sectors. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and please reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.